We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha and welcome again to the Believer's Journey. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting us. And thank you for your prayers and everything you do. Uh, We appreciate it so much. Uh, Today I have a very special um, program and a very special guest with me. They flew all the way from Moldova just to be here. I have Radu and Luda Kukosh. And um, they are missionaries with Campus Crusade in the Republic of Moldova. And say hello. 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 Aloha. Nice to be here. (laughs) So um, I want to start off with introducing them and letting you know who they are. They've been in uh, the ministry as full-time missionaries for over 20 years now. What, 22 years? 22 years. And uh, they've been in Moldova. They are. Um, they weren't transplanted to Moldova. They're actually from Moldova. Uh, they were born uh, when Moldova was um, part of the USSR. Correct. So they were like slaves. <laughs> well, we didn't think that we are slaves at that time. But now you look back, and it's pretty bad. Yes, when you have information, yes, you can say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Moldova, for those of you who do not know, now I've talked about Moldova for many of my programs, probably most of them. And I wanted, now that we have going on in Eastern Europe, uh, Russia has invaded Ukraine, uh, a lot of people don't know where Moldova is. I get a lot of questions where is Moldova? And they've never heard of Moldova, but I have a map here. I'm going to put it up to this camera, and you can see there the little orange area, which is between Romania and Moldova and uh, Ukraine. Okay, that little orange area is the country of Moldova. Okay, little small country, and one of the reasons why I love Moldova so much is because the people are so warm and inviting and hospitable. Um, in fact, it was really funny. The way I, I actually first came to Moldova uh, was by invitation of uh, the Moldova Bible Seminary there in Kishnau, and I accidentally booked my flight a week early. And the president of the seminary told me, well, you'll have to find a place to stay because... <laughs> He had nowhere for me to, to put me. So I happened to call Radu, who uh, I had met a couple years before here in San Antonio, and uh, he had stayed with me. And so basically, uh, I called him and said, I'm, I'm coming a week early. I don't know what to do. And he says, well, don't worry. You can come stay with, with us, and we'll put you to work. So that was the beginning of my work in Moldova, and it's never stopped. And I work with uh, Campus Crusade. I work with KBC Ministries. Um, I help out with other ministries as well that work with schools. So um, the staff and uh, Campus Crusade or crew in Moldova has become uh, very close to me. I work with them. We support many of the missionaries there. And Radu and Luda are just dear to my heart. They are two of the most amazing people I know in all of my life. And I am not telling you this because they're sitting here. I'm telling you this because it, it's really true. Um, anyway, Moldova was, uh, the, was considered the poorest country in all of Europe, Eastern and Western Europe, at least until the war. Now, I don't know if Ukraine is 
is uh, poorer than, than you now, but there's probably not very many people. I have no idea. Do you know? Me neither. Yeah. Well, um, when we hosted uh, Ukrainian refugees, a woman told me that uh, before the war, uh, the economy in Ukraine was higher than in Moldova. Yeah. In fact, Ukraine was considered probably the second poorest, just above, just below you, or above you. Um, the interesting thing about Moldova, the average income is about around three hundred and fifty dollars in the city. Yeah. I have no idea what it is in the villages. Do you? Well, it's average for Moldova, so we don't say in the village or in the, uh, in the city. So it's average in Moldova. Okay. Because there there can be jobs in uh, villages to be well paid and also bad paid. The same in the city. So city just look more crowded. <laughs> <laughs> well, because because of the, um, they're so poor, what happens is many of the adults, uh, well, people will get married and they'll have children and they'll need to support their children and they won't have the funds to do that. So what happens is the father and sometimes the mother will leave the country and work in another country to support their children while all the while the children are being raised by either the mother or aunt and uncle or grandparents or an orphanage. And so what happens is people grow up without the idea of understanding what a relationship is all about and then they get married and so what we have is a divorce rate yeah. that's about 55%. Is that about correct? 55, 60 depends on the year. Yeah. So, so it's a real, it's a real prob problematic situation. Um, in, in the world of Christianity, now, um, the evangelical Christian church, if you will, is probably about 2%. 2%. of the country. And so, um, and because the Orthodox Church is so powerful, they consider the, the evangelical church like a cult. Great. Okay. So, so it's a really an uphill battle. I mean, what you are doing, what you've been doing for 22 years, has been totally uphill all the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we started uh, with student ministry because we were students and we got involved with Campus Crusade. Well, I, I think that I had a calling to be missionary long before I uh, joined Campus Crusade, uh, but I was young and I studied in college, and I knew already what I wanted to do after college. Uh, so uh, I was thinking to go in Africa, to be missionary somewhere in Africa. Uh, somehow I thought that, well, uh, Africa is for, you know, missions and well, being students, uh, for me being student, I uh, I learned that uh, well, my country needs to hear about God. Even people say that we are Orthodox Christians, but um, well, according to the statistics today, about twenty percent of people are practicing their faith. Well, when I say practicing, uh, it means that people go to church, uh, uh, assist for a liturgy. Uh, they may obey some traditions, uh, and it's only 20%. Uh, so I, I, I got that understanding that my country, my people, have to hear about uh, true gospel. Not only uh, to have some traditions, Christian traditions or Orthodox traditions, but, it's, uh, but to really follow Christ's teaching. And so... After graduation, I joined Campus Crusade. A year later, we got married, and we've been in student ministry for 12 years with Campus Crusade. Now, you said something very, very interesting, because something that I teach on my program, you and I have talked a lot about this, and I hear when I'm in Moldova, when you teach that you use this, what you did on the program right now, um, it's not just that people believe that they understand God is true. It's that they actually follow the teachings. Correct. 
And for me, uh, a true believer, a true Christian, isn't somebody who thinks or says, oh, I know God is up there, God is true, God is real. But it's somebody who says, who actually walks and follows the very teachings of Jesus. That is what a true believer is. Yeah. And I take that from the original language, pistuo, which we translate to the word believe, but the dictionary translates or defines believe as something we understand, where the word pistuo in the Greek means something we act on. Yes. So that there is a, a big problem, not just in Moldova, but probably everywhere in the world. I know for sure in the United States and in Canada. Well, you know, uh, I would say about my country that um, there are Orthodox Christians that really follow Christ's teaching. Uh, but I would, I would say that there are so few uh, because their uh, position, I would say, of Orthodox Church is like uh, we baptize children, they became, uh, become Christians, and they are learning the whole life. Uh, and um, the learning or uh, is like you do by yourself. And usually people don't get that. Well, we need to read Bible to know what God says or, or what are uh, God's commandments. Yeah. So they just hear from different people or from some traditions like Easter. Yeah. So we know that uh, Jesus is son of God. Uh, we grew up with this after I felt of USSR. So we heard about this a lot, but like for me, and it was for Luda too, so um, attending an Orthodox Church, I, 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 I didn't get that Jesus died for my personal sin. I knew that he died for sins, but not for me. And it took a while uh, to figure out that he died for me personal. Uh, because in Orthodox Church, it's like he died for sins. That's it. And when you uh, when it goes to personal uh, um, relationship with God, it's like, mm, no, we don't have personal relationship with God because God is somewhere there and we are here <clears throat> and we need somebody between us and usually it's a priest. You know, it's interesting. Um, in my relationship with Radu and Luda, I've come to know them in, in such a, an amazing way. Uh, I, I can see in Radu that he obviously, it's, it's obvious he has the gift of wisdom. I mean, it's just, oh, thank in you. fact, I have, I have the gift of stupidity. You know, you look at my life through my life, and all I've done is make really stupid decisions, and and it's pretty evident. <laughs> but when I have, a, when I have a, a, a real situation that I need to ask somebody, there's two people that I ask. One is Lon Ekdahl. He's been on this program. And the other is you. It's funny because you're so much younger than me. That for me to go to you, it's like, you know, uh, people think you're wise when you're older. Well, not necessarily. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and Luda, you know, you have this boldness of the scripture, of boldness of Christ, is just amazing. Especially, you're such a little person with such great and powerful boldness of Christ. I want to ask you, in your words, because you've obviously been together in this ministry, what is it to you to work in uh, as, a, as a missionary uh, in Moldova? Well, first of all, this is a privilege for me because God called me. Uh, and uh, it is not easy to follow this call <laughs> because uh, it takes um, pretty often me from my comfort zone. Uh, but I know that uh, I will have something amazing in the heaven because I received God's, God's calling and I'm looking forward um, uh, how it will be uh, after <laughs> everything will stop. And um, I know that to believe and to follow Jesus, it is not just uh, to sit 
or waiting his second coming is just uh, passive waiting. I know what he calls us to wait actively and uh, my time w uh, waiting his se uh, second coming is pretty active. I uh, I love him and I want to do for him something. Not just something, I want to do his will here. And I know what his will and his calling is to go, to share the gospel, to tell what Jesus told to his disciples and to make sure that they're following to teach them, to help them to grow in their faith. This is very important to me. Now, for the most most of the years that I've known you, and, and I guess most of the years you've been in this ministry, you've lived in a little apartment, close to about 600 square feet. You had two bedrooms, and you had four children. Yeah. So you are active in the ministry. You are active in raising your children. And... For ministers, you really balance this really well. Um, I mean, both of you are, are amazing at, at raising your children. Uh, I would say Luda more than Radu. Uh, she's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like she has this natural ability, but she's just on top of it, you know, and she's just, okay, you do this, you do that, you do that. We're going now. Okay, five. Okay, let's go. And we're, we're done. We're ready. And she's cooking meals, and, and she's just amazing. How do you manage all of this, Luda? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just do this because I have to do this and nobody can do, uh, nobody can be uh, wife for Radu like I am and nobody can be my, uh, a mother for my children and I try to do my best. I, uh, I am praying always for wisdom, for uh, health, for power, to do this and to just I think God helps me he asking my prayers <laughs> well you know a uh, few years ago uh, somebody asked uh, well they it's not common for Moldova to have four kids or even mm -hmm. for Moldova it's a lot uh, but there are people having more kids than we do so one day a lady asked uh, asked me well how how you can have so many kids and uh, and raise them and say, well, you know, I don't ask my, myself how. I know that I have to because I have them already. And my focus is not to uh, cry out and say, well, how I can feed, uh, um, raise my children, but it's okay. What I have to do to raise them, okay, I have to uh, uh, care for first for, for uh, their soul. Yeah, because we believe that they have to learn from us about Christ. Uh, what I have to do for them to have food, to have supplies for school, to have clothing or other things. And uh, it's, it's my, my walking in faith with God, caring for what he gave to us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not crying and say, well, it's so hard. Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's fun. Uh, sometimes I know what to do. Sometimes I, I don't know. But because we have God, I often ask him, well, you are a father. Can you teach me how to be a father? And about everyday uh, deeds? Do work. Work. Yeah. Uh, I have to decide all the time what is important, what is not important. Yeah. And I excluded uh, from my life many stuff. I don't watch TV. I don't spend time on Facebook. Even I wish to spend time <laughs> texting with my friends, what I cannot see every day. But, um, well, I decided to, well, I know what I have only 24 hours per day. And I have to do what is most important. And I know that for Jesus, most important were people, uh, his prayer time when he left people and he stood by himself and um, had time with his father. So I understand that I have important time and less important so to do. What I can say that I have witnessed, it's a great word, hmm. what I have witnessed with you two is that you actually take seriously the the work 
in the mission field of reaching people for Christ, mm-hmm. teaching and making disciples to help them grow in Christ. Because I've watched you counsel people, mm-hmm. sit with people, help people. Because you don't just win them to Christ and go to someone else only. You actually, I've seen this. Yes. And I've seen you raise your children as part of a ministry to help them understand what it is to be a boy or a girl, child, child of God, mm-hmm. your child, and and all the manners and things that belong to children. Like they're part of your ministry as well as Campus Crusade. Yes, our ministry is not our job. This is our life. This is yes. part of our life. And children are part of our uh, life also. So they see our life. How is it? And we see our um, walking with God. And uh, all the time I invite them to be part of my life. Well, because they are our children. <laughs> What's really cool is um, now you have um, your oldest son, Emmanuel. I've watched him now play uh, guitar with a worship worship group. Mm-hmm. I've watched uh, Daniel, your second son. He is actually in in the leadership of the teens. Now he works with the teens, and he's a natural with that. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you have two children already in the ministry, maybe not full-time, but they're already working and doing what they've been taught. Yeah, yeah well, you know, um, I never mm-hmm. considered that I have to be only one, or we have to be only one to teach them following mm-hmm. Christ. Uh, I, I believe in, uh, uh, in church. I believe that God uh, divided gifts in the church. And I always thought that my children have to be uh, taught by me, but also to be taught by other Christians. So, uh, like, I'm not in a youth ministry, and I'm not uh, anymore in student ministry, but my son is a student. So I talk to people from student ministry and say, hey, guys, take my son, uh, uh, impact his life, while he's a student, and also with Daniel, a second boy, uh, because people have gifts, gifts, people have uh, influence, people have what to teach teenagers or young adults. And so we try to expose them to, to, to the church, you know. And in this way, they find, find their way how they can serve, serve God. Yeah, it's amazing. I wouldn't be surprised at all if God happens to call Daniel to ministry. I wouldn't be surprised. He's got a natural gift. Now, whether he uses that in the ministry full time or whether he uses it as a side thing with having a job and is a lay minister, I don't know. But he's got a natural gift, and I really think that's cool. Yeah, well, a few days ago, uh, uh, well, before we were talking about uh, after graduation, uh, for him to go to a um, law school. Uh, and so this year he said, well, no, he wants to go to Art Academy. And I said, oh, okay. And a few days ago, I told you, though, you'll see, he'll finish teaching uh, children. <laughs> <laughs> it may be, yeah. And, uh, Emmanuel, uh, several days ago, told me that he's thinking about uh, ministry. And he uh, asked me, uh, what do you think about if I will choose ministry? And I answered, if God calls you, you have to follow his yeah, call. You have to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's very true. My father, I was told by my mother years ago that my father had said that he was called to the ministry of course he never did this he went into construction to be a uh, contractor instead and always looking for the great dollar you know he wants mm-hmm. to make all that money and uh, later in life he and I had a talk and I told him you know if you I asked him if he was called he says well yeah I think I was I says you know you probably missed out on a lot of blessing because you didn't follow God's calling and you would have been blessed so much differently and so much more than you realize. So I think that's true. If you don't follow the calling, that, that you're going to miss out on blessing. 
Well, but I think that everyone, uh, every Christian has a calling to be a minister where they live, where they work. So, and for people as we are, uh, I would say that maybe there is not a special calling, but a different calling, like to, uh, to be full-time in the ministry. Um, so um, I know a lady in Moldova, she was working for um, um, something like 911, uh, and uh, sh when she uh, uh, was working there, she said, well, my goal is to share gospel to everyone, including, including my boss, her boss. Uh, and so, uh, during the time, time she shared the gospel to whole, uh, all her colleagues, but she couldn't, uh, couldn't manage to, to uh, approach to their uh, director. And uh, she said that, well, I had a calling to uh, do full-time ministry, and I, I had to say to the director that I'm, I, I'm quitting. And, uh, and uh, my director asked why why you are doing that because you are a good worker uh, you Actually, do very well job she was the best worker in this company yeah and she mm -hmm. said well I think that for this moment God called me here I did my job here and I did my ministry here and now it's time to share gospel, gospel to you <laughs> <laughs> so she did that and uh, if uh, every believer will think like that, I think that would be really cool. Well, yeah, and I, I think that we're all called as ministers, all mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. no matter what. Um, and but I, I there I think there is a separation of full time, yes, ministers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we're all we all need to live a life of holiness. Uh, I know that's something. That, that's on your heart, something on mine, that holiness is really high up there in our focus of how we need to put our lives. Um, I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. Now, you also have two daughters. Of course, they're 11 and 13. Um, uh, your 13-year-old, you know, Amira, is just close to my heart. Susan told me the other day that she wants to stay here. I said, well, so we should tell her if she knows more English, I would tell her parents, I'm keeping her. <laughs> but she doesn't know as much English as she should. <laughs> well, English is not a disease. It's, you can learn it. <laughs> yes. So, but anyway, you've got a great family. You've, you've, Thank uh, you. And you've really put a dent into your world. And when I say put a dent, you really made a difference in people's lives. Thank you. Um, from the from the student ministry to family ministry to now you're actually working with leaders and and you're on a leadership team i think it's amazing what you do and the different ministries that you are in because you're in multiple ministries and you do multiple things uh, that a lot of people don't know but it, it, you guys are amazing um i real quick i want to touch on on the fact that um in February of this year, a whole new thing happened. Ukraine was, um, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, and all of a sudden you had 100,000 refugees coming over from, from uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. And you guys were not prepared. But I know that talking to you, well, you were just like 24 hours a day, you were so tired, and people were staying at your home. So tell us a little bit about this uh, adventure, it's not really an adventure, but the, what happened and how you were doing and how you were feeling and, and the things that affected you and how you affected the people coming over. Because I think there was over 300,000 that came over into Moldova, correct? Uh, about half a million uh, people. Okay. Yeah, so like in one day, our population increased five times. <laughs> not five times, um, one-fifth, yeah. So, um, how it was for us, uh, we have friends in Ukraine, and Campus of Crusade has, uh, has stopped there, and of course we know each other, uh, because uh, um, when Campus Crusade started ministry in Moldova, we, we couldn't afford this program of training for staff, and so people went to Ukraine, 
receiving training and coming back. So we have friends there, a lot of friends. Um, so when on February 24th, we even heard these those explosions in Moldova, and we didn't know what is going on. So later we found out in news that uh, Russian invaded uh, Ukraine, and uh, we, uh, as as organization or as ministry, we thought, well, we must to be involved in this. Uh, and what we did in first uh, days, we just went downtown because many cars were parked there and we saw uh, Ukrainian car plates and we approached them asking do you need some help, uh, uh, some direction, whatever. Uh, so people uh, were scared, they said no, no, we managed by our own, but later they said well we need, first what they need is uh, a place to, to rest. and. Uh, what we did first is open our house and other uh, stuff. They just opened their apartments for people to get rest because most of them uh, wanted to go to Europe. So uh, the beginning was um, providing uh, a place to rest. And later we transformed our uh, office in a shelter so that people can stay more days there uh, understanding what they want to do to do next. Uh, um, so this was the beginning. And uh, God provided for us a house. We opened our house, inviting uh, Ukrainians to stay overnight, over two nights, three nights. Uh, uh, so we had only one family. They stayed two weeks with us. Because in the beginning, most of them, were many of them had problems with documents. And while they were making new documents, so they had to to stay somewhere. Uh, well, Luda is very. Uh, she feels people, and she wants to help, and so she was working much more than me. Uh, she was cooking, she was cleaning, she was uh, uh, crying with people, she was listening to them, and so you can tell more. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was scared and was very worried uh, if uh, a war will go farther and it was pretty close to our country. First day uh, in the morning I woke up uh, and I heard the booms and it was scaring. I didn't know what happens, but I knew something what Russia is going to do. And I thought, is it this? And after that, when we received news, um, I was very scared. So it happened. Uh, and I thought about these people. How do they uh, will live? How will they survive? And when I heard that many um, refugees um, started to come to Kishinev, our city, I thought if I would be in their place, what would I feel? I would need somebody who will host them, who will take care, who will just give them hope. So I wanted to be this person to give hope to refugees. So we are even having jokes, like when Russia said that uh, uh, helping Ukrainians, you can have 15 years in the prison. I say, okay, how many years do you have now? So counting people. <laughs> yeah. So we got something like twenty-three. About about five hundred years in the prison. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had two no four dogs, three cats. <laughs> wow. Even we hosted refugee cat from Ukraine. <laughs> And eventually, I guess um, what was really remarkable is is uh, not only Capitol's Crusade, but you got together with all the several different churches and groups. Yeah, that was something uh, amazing, even for us Moldovans. Uh, so, probably the first time in my li life, I was really, really proud for church and for our our, our country, uh, because churches and Christian organizations organize so well. So. It's like not doing ministry or helping refugees, separating from each other, but we join like one body. 
so uh, like Samaritan Pearls, they say, well, our niche will be to to buy food, and you are uh, you distribute to people. And um, KBC, yeah, they say, well, we can raise money and buy what you need. And in this way, we could open a refugee center uh, with the help of uh, other organizations and churches. And uh, we organized a, a platform where people were. Uh, Ukrainians could read, could uh, uh, write their needs, like shelter, clothing, food, other supplies. So in this way, I I can say that the church in Moldova was wonderful, working together. I didn't say in that well what you're doing here, but mm-hmm. really being one body. That is amazing to have all these different churches, different groups who some of them won't even talk to each other mm-hmm. are now helping all together yeah. mm-hmm. this whole idea i remember looking at pictures of uh, a whole area where there's mats all over the floor and they're sleeping on the floor the next thing i know is you you were raised enough money where you got bought beds where they can sleep on beds and you had food and i noticed that there were children out playing outside with missionaries, groups, mm-hmm. playing with them while the parents of the ladies would sit inside and they were unloading and sharing. And, yeah. and so you really provided more than just uh, a food and a place to a shelter. You, you provided a lot of emotional uh, support and things like this. Yeah. It was um, thankfully for our partners, uh, financial, financial a prayer partners, these are people like you, Alan and Susan, and other families who support um, missionaries in Moldova. So every missionary asked for help, mm-hmm. and people uh, was very open to help. Yeah. A lot of people donated money so we could use them to help uh, Ukrainians. Well, this is one thing I've been saying all along. The people of Moldova are just so welcoming, such a warm heart and a warm spirit. And uh, regardless of of your differences um, spiritually or, emo- or philosophically, you still have this thing of caring. And I think that's amazing. And it shows how amazing you as Moldovans, not just you two, but Moldovans all together, are just an amazing yeah, this is these are our people. So if you come to Moldova, it's hard to to not be at the table eating and drinking uh, because it's it's our hospital uh, hospitality uh, to when we have guests. So you have to eat first. <laughs> and you know, Moldovans even we uh, don't have too much food. They take the best what they have yeah. and give to guests. Yeah, I noticed mm-hmm. that too. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's um, and sometimes I feel guilty. I said, don't, I don't want you to to do this. Oh no, no, no problem. It's like I'm thinking, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's more than you need to do, but it's it's. Um, what's really amazing is because I go there a lot. You know, I have people now um, that come up to me all the time, watch my program, but I'll, I'll go there and they'll ask me, why do you, why do you come here so often? What, who are we? I mean, why do you <laughs> care about us? Almost like we're so poor here, we're, not, we're nobody in this world. Why would you come and, and spend your, your money and your time to come for us? I don't understand that mentality. You probably do, but maybe you can help people understand because I would like to take people there and let them see for themselves and you can put them to work too Hell yeah. <laughs> but help help our audience understand the people of Moldova Luda you would be good at this well <laughs> if you want to travel to visit some beautiful places uh, views Moldova you can find some but the best what our country has are people with big heart and welcoming and very warm people. And uh, I was amazed and proud of my people, Moldovans, how uh, uh, did they jump to help Ukrainian in need. 
we are very small country and I saw a map in your church where was uh, um, Ukraine, Romania and many countries and the hole between Ukraine, <laughs> Ukraine and Romania and it is Moldova and there is not written Moldova at all. But I wish what our people will be famous by, by their hospitality. You know, it's amazing. I, um, I called another one of uh, the missionaries, Kina, and um, to see how he was doing in all of this refugee stuff. And when I, I called him, I was on um, messenger video, and he answers it while he's driving. He's got three Ukrainians in the car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I goes, what's going on? We're driving to Romania. <laughs> so he was taking people from Ukraine all the way to Romania. Yeah. I'm thinking, wow, and that can't be cheap on gas. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, um, I, and I have to let you all know, it's almost like it doesn't matter. If they have the money, they're going to spend it to help. So uh, there's something that you did that uh, you Luda, that I think I want everybody to understand because I am just beside myself how well you uh, have you put out there the love and the care of what a Moldovan is. Um, I remember several years ago, okay, when you were in your little apartment and you were you guys were struggling and you don't have a lot. And there was a lady and her son who didn't have a job and needed food, and you would give them food. And you did this quite often. And I don't even, I don't know that she even went to attend a church. I think you just wanted to help her, and you did. And then the last couple of times I've come to Moldova, I've seen her in church, <laughs> almost like your love for her and care for her as a person and the fa fact that she needs help responded to her like, wow, you're real. You're, you're true. You're somebody that I want to know who, why would you do this? So much more for me. And I know you know who I'm talking about, but yes. what you do is amazing. Well, you know, last time I couldn't sleep <laughs> and I started to pray and ask God, what do you want to say to me? And he told, I am, uh, I want to speak with you about love. And um, I, w I started to think about his love to people and he doesn't have any border and uh, he just gives his love. He loved so much all the world, all the people, what he gave the best, even the best what he had, his son. So who I am and what is just a little bit food, just a few monies to give to somebody and just to trust God what he will provide us for tomorrow. He tells, think about today and live today, enjoy today. And don't worry about tomorrow. And do, yeah, yes, don't trust God. So I try to live this, to trust God for tomorrow. And right. he ta uh, cares. I saw it many times. And that's a very biblical way to live. Yeah. It's a very biblical way to live. You know. So. And what it means to love people, to help them when they're in need, um, to... To trust God, what He calls you right now to do, just to be available to His Holy Spirit, to listen to Him, and to do what He's telling you right now. This is uh, our journey <laughs> with Him. Well, I can tell you, living in a country where a lot of people don't have hope or have little hope, the two of you, and, and there's more of you, more people like you that I know of, but the two of you especially are amazing the way you have it together to offer hope to people you know well you know uh, I I I wouldn't say that we are special uh, but I, I would okay you, 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 and this, you is, can. this is why I would because 
Not everybody sees God's word and decides, I'm going to follow it 100% and truly to the best of my ability. A lot of people say, well, I'll do kind of what I want to and can, and then if I don't do the rest, it's okay. Okay, and that, that is something I, want, I wanted to say. It's like, well, we learn from uh, Jesus' life, what he did. Yeah, maybe we don't have many, many details, and we don't have that he um, 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 received refu- refugees or things like that, but we, we are learning from him, and we are doing this to honor him. Not because we have special uh, skills or because we are super people. Uh, we are. We try to obey what uh, Jesus commanded to us. Yes. And the beauty is what you can see. This is uh, his beauty. Is. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, this is his love and his spirit. Sometimes we do wrong. Yeah, yeah we got in trouble. Uh, and uh, we have to solve those conflicts, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. Yeah, and so basically when you say that you're trying to teach people that how they need to follow the teachings of Jesus, what you are doing is you're following the teachings of Jesus so that you can productively teach it. Yeah. Well, we... we uh live with him and we uh, enco- uh, encourage people to live with him also and we want to be a good model <laughs> we want to say like paul said follow me as i follow jesus and we try to do this every day well one thing i think is cool now i'm sure you know rado and i talk and and he might get in trouble with you and he'll tell, he'll come up to me and says, oh, I'm in trouble. Why? Because Lou just mad at me because I did this and I know I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so he admits he's wrong. It was really cool. I mean, it's like, you know, there's, there's all humility and not, not the opposite, which I think is good. Well, you know, I, I heard that uh, several programs you had about relationship. And I believe, and we teach other people and couples, that relationship is not winning by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winning is like when we win together, being in a relationship or staying in a relationship. Uh, if a, a relationship is falling up, uh, apart uh, and you say that I won these discussions, well, actually both of you lost exactly. everything. Yeah, well, that's, that's so true. And I think probably for the majority of people that I know, and maybe this might be true for the majority of people, they don't understand that winning the argument is not winning the battle. Winning, yeah. winning the battle or the war, if you will, is, is when you win the relationship. Yeah, and even I, I, I can be correct, but if, uh, let's say about our, our relationship, if she's upset and she doesn't want to talk to me, so... Who is the winner? Nobody. And it's better to say, okay, even I am right, but I gave up to my rights to win our relationship. Yeah. And I feel much better when she's happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I have to say, you're probably one of the best cooks I know. You, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I have to tell everybody, we went, uh, my wife and I went to Moldova last November, and before we, before we uh, went, we um, told uh, Luda and Roger that we're going to have Thanksgiving there since we're going to be missing our Thanksgiving. And they're like, well, we've never had Thanksgiving. We, we don't have that. And so I said, no problem. We'll tell you how. So we went and bought all the turkey and all, everything, but we didn't have any pumpkin pie. The, the store didn't have any pumpkin pie. And so it was amazing how you thought, well, let me think about this. And you looked at a recipe, went to the other room, pulled out a pumpkin, and you made this amazing, didn't look like a pie, but pumpkin pie. <laughs> and, and it was better than what I've ever had. I mean, it's like, how do you do this? <laughs> well, I didn't know how it has to look like. <laughs> I did just like I felt like uh, it has to be 
this and it has to taste well. Well, everybody would enjoy. I have such philosophy. I want to enjoy every moment of this life, what God gives us. So food is a part of this joy also. <laughs> and fellowship on the table, around the table with good food uh, makes good environment for uh, developing relationship. And, you know, we spend a lot of our time around the table. Yeah. The, the yeah. three or four of us. We really do. Yeah. So that's kind of nice, you know. I think, you know, everybody talks about how much people drink tea in England. I think they drink more tea in Moldova. <laughs> yes. And uh, if you know... lunch, dinner, mm-hmm. mid-snack, day snack, night snack, it's all tea. Yes. And we have living rooms uh, separated um, from dining rooms. And, uh, well, we try to uh, make in our new house uh, very well-looking living room. But, uh, you know, I understood that uh, the most important place in our house is dining room and (laughs) the table where everybody stays most of the time and uh, have good uh, food and good discussions and good environment. This is very important. These are special moments for everybody. (laughs) Now, there's no way that we're going to be able to do our topic today. Yes. Uh, Next we were going to talk about solving conflicts, and hopefully we can schedule another time for you to come. If not, we'll, well find out. Yeah, you can give the direction so that people will be prepared <laughs> for next time. Yeah, so we'll talk about solving conflicts another time. But I want to continue with this discussion because this is good. We have a little bit of time left. Um, now that you're, you've been in leadership for off and on for a while now, and in um, Cabbage Crusade. You're also a leadership in a church because you're one yeah. of the pastors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, God's Space is called. God's Space, yes. And so tell me, the both of you, because uh, I want both of you to respond to this, um, as leaders, because you've been at the very beginning and now it's 22 years later, um, but because I, I see you not only as leaders, but I see you doing things that leaders here won't do. But mm-hmm. I see you in humility doing things because it's just the thing you're supposed to do. Talk about leadership because we have pastors, we have missionaries that do watch this program. And I, I think that you have a good example and, and you'd be a good voice for some of these people. Well, uh I was involved in starting two churches. Uh, one of uh, one of them is the one we have today, uh, and um, well, I didn't do something special um, on being active. So therefore, I am in leadership position. Uh, but uh, what I learned from other leaders. Being a leader is not a position. Being a leader is uh, taking responsibility for people leading to Christ or leading to live with Christ. And uh, yes, uh, we are part of Campus Crusade, but also we are part of the church. Um, I don't divide this in myself. It's, it's the ministry with gifts that God gave to us. Uh, so what we can do in Moldova, we don't have many... Uh, um, um, evangelical believers, yeah. So uh, we don't, we we cannot go like in the store to pick up what leaders to have, and you know, <laughs> uh, and uh, because we are few believers, we have to do what God uh, is calling us to do. So my desire is to uh, disciple people, uh, and I find this possibility in Campus Crusade. Also, I have. I find in the church. Uh, um, so, yeah, I do. I'm doing this not by position, by by calling. That's a really neat way to look at it. Mm-hmm. It really is. Luda. For me, the best mod- model is Jesus. What he did and how uh, what he said. He said, "If you want to uh, have authority, serve people." And he, uh, Jesus, had all authority. He had all power on the earth and on the heaven, but he washed the, uh, his uh, disciples' legs. 
and he he being god he uh, did what slaves do usually and this is uh, for me a model how to serve uh, i don't care about positions i do what i see what i have to do and that's it i don't ask is it my position uh, square no i don't think about that just do <laughs> and it's probably a perfect way to look at it because jesus came and said i i did not come to be served but i came to serve mm -hmm. and um and i think that when we look at that no matter what position we are, whether we look at a position because we are a pastor or a teacher or a leader of some type, you know, are we serving? I, th I think that's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea that you said that, um, you know, I don't see it as positions. It's just part of my life, and I do it as, as God is, is leading me. So I think you, too, have an amazing outlook of what ministry is. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that that are in the ministry that I'm not sure are called the ministry, and there's a lot of people that are called the ministry that struggle. And maybe you have struggled in the beginning, but it seems like you've already struggled with time now. Yeah, well, <laughs> there, there was time when I didn't really know what uh, to be a leader. So as many people, I thought that, well, having a position is a very good place to, you know, to do whatever you want. <laughs> Uh, and doing whatever you wa uh, I wanted, so even uh, results were, I would say, great, but relationship, my relationship with my team, my relationship with people was bad uh, because I wanted to do what I, I, you know, I thought that would be good. Uh, but later I learned that, no, to be a leader is to be a servant. Yeah. And yeah. it's a burden on me when I have position. And I do have position, but I don't really think that I have position. It's more a responsibility, uh, and more people are watching you, and you have to be more careful. Sometimes you are not natural, but again, so growing in faith, growing with Jesus, it's, it's really different. So position sometimes is good, sometimes is not. But the calling or the uh, attitude of serving people, it's much important. You know, when, the, when a senior pastor of your church wants to keep you on because he sees how relevant and how important your outlook is and how wise you are, says a lot. When your own teenage son tells me, my father is really wise, and not too many older teenage boys say that about their their parents mm -hmm. you know it, it's just it says a lot about how you are faithful to God the both of you are so faithful and um, I am so honored to be able to um, support you guys thank you so much um, thank you we appreciate it I am so honored and I, I want my audience to understand that uh, they don't live on a salary, but they live on support. If you're watching this, uh, you can click on the link and you can go to uh, their website and look all through it. And if you want to uh, donate to them and become a regular uh, person to donate, you become a partner with them. They do write every month, you write pretty much every month now. Uh, and let you know what they're doing. They have to be kept accountable by Campus Crusade. They aren't doing stuff on their own, and we don't know about it. But they are held accountable for what they do, and uh, I have seen it with my own eyes. They are amazing. Um, and uh, if you want to consider wanting to know whether you should or could or whether you should support them or not, and you want to ask me, you have, most everybody has my phone number available on my website or my email, or you can write me on, on YouTube. Um, but I totally support this couple, hands down, uh, with just, and uh, I would always support you guys. Thank you. So, anyway, well, it's been really nice having you here. 
I'm so glad you came, Rita. Thank you. <laughs> and I guess that because of me, you didn't uh, tell on topic what you are going to. <laughs> no, it wasn't that at all. It's just because it got to be past the half hour. We're, st we're still talking about, we haven't even talked about the refugees yet. <laughs> and we're still talking about your ministry. And it was got to be so much that the topic just didn't, didn't play into it. So I think maybe God led this this way so that people understand your ministry, Moldova's ministry, how important Moldova is to the world. I mean, literally, how important yeah. this little bitty country is so important. To me, it is so obvious that God is alive and working in Moldova. It yes. is so obvious. Mm -hmm. is. And, and for you to be a part of this, I would feel honored if you, yes. I was you, just... Wow, God is using me. We do feel like this. So, yeah. This is why, not because you're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that kind of wraps up our time. Uh, thank you so much for coming and sharing your ministry. Your ministry has been a blessing to so many hundreds, if not thousands, of people. And um, I just pray the Lord will continue to bless you and you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. So. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, everyone have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and we'll see you the next time. Aloha. Alan Cutting and the Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com.